black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Minister Gene Collins, and he's with the Highland and Bunch Church of Christ in Odessa, Texas, right? That's correct. Thank you for coming back on. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, what type of feedback did you get from the last time you were on this show, your appearance on this show? Well, I got several uh, comments. Uh, anytime you have cutting-edge dialogue, it certainly stirs up uh, uh, people to think and to examine themselves, and a lot of the feedback was very productive. Uh, uh, it seems that we are on different ends of the spectrum on some issues, yeah. and uh, certainly uh, when that happens, uh, there's room for, uh, for discussion and for evaluation and interpretation. So I thought the feedback that I received was very good. Oh, good. I, I can't picture you, and I was thinking about you from the last time you were here. You don't see, you are the uh, branch president of the NAACP, NWCP. That's correct. And also the coordinator for the West Texas area, you say? That's correct. Coordinator. I don't see you being a part of the NWACP. <laughs> you know, um, I, um, we have a boycott going on. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with to it. To the NWACP, and primarily because they don't, it's, uh, the NWACP appear to be a political pawn for the Democratic Party rather than a social organization bringing black Americans out of their hellhole. Am I missing something? What is it about you that agrees with the NAACP? Well, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of aspects of the NAACP. The original goals, of course, was to help black people yeah. uh, right after slavery, right during the Jim Crow era, to achieve some of the things that they were being denied uh, within the uh, uh, regular society. These goals really haven't changed. In different areas, though, there are different problems that come up. Uh, political problems, uh, sociological problems. In Odessa and Midland, we have environmental concerns. We've addressed them and have been very successful. In fact, we did something very unusual. We uh, represented over 5,000 people and actually got a settlement from a big chemical company without even filing a lawsuit. Hmm. We worked that out with them and, and got that done. Uh, politics is very important, not only uh, in the NAACP, but in life in general. I think the churches, people of God, need to be more political, like yeah. uh, the people in Israel were in the Old Testament and, and in the New Testament, where they affected uh, all of the parameters of the society. And, and I think we've been laxed on that. I wish not only the NAACP, but the church would take a stand and, and define the boundaries of uh, our society. We get them defined for us and we have to react to them. Right. And we're one of the few societies that that's, uh, <clears throat> that, that happens in. Does it bother you that <clears throat> the uh, head of the NAACP, Quasi, the president, Quasi Infume, has fathered five children out of wedlock by three different women, has not married either one of those ladies? Um, Julian Bond is a, is, has been associated with anti-American groups. 
he is clearly a racist. Um, um, does it bother you that by being associated with that, with the head of the NAACP, it put a, a, a it gives a bad image of you when you represent them as a minister? Does that bother you at all? Well, I think what bothers me more <coughs> is we have a president who's bombing. I'm certainly against war. I'm a, I'm a part of this country, though. You think I, you are against war? I certainly am, okay. and I think Jesus, the Prince of Peace came to show us how man could be reconciled one to another without war. Uh, I think if we had gone over there in a missionary, uh, a, a missionary effort, there will be less li lives lost. I want to go and, back uh, to that, but I want to know first, does it bother you that the president of the organization that you represent is an immoral man and one of the primary directors of the organization is a racist man? That doesn't well, bother you at all? Well, you know, that's, that's a, an evaluation that you put on them. Uh, I, let, me, let me finish. I, I don't judge people. I certainly look at their acts, and I know that the blood of Jesus is strong enough to, to cleanse even the vilest of people. And if they did make mistakes early in life, I'm so glad that we as a Christian uh, organism have the benefit of the cleansing blood of Christ so that anyone who confesses their sins and uh, uh, to, to God can be cleansed. I'm glad of that. So, so you're saying am I no. bothered? I'm bothered. No, I'm, no. Bothered, I'm not bothered about that because I trust in Jesus enough to know that uh, whatever life they had in life, that they can be forgiven and cleansed of it. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's wrong for us to, to, to focus in on that. I, we're, we're not judges. We are we are here as missionaries. We are spreaders of the gospel. All power is given to Christ to, to make those judgments but and, you're and not us. you judge President Bush and his uh, uh, defense of America. No, I, I wasn't judging. I, I was showing him. I was showing you how that may bother me more than the other. But I'm certainly but not. And what I was going to say, I am an American, and I'm going to support the president, even though we don't agree on that. Even though I don't agree on the death penalty, and he in Texas under his watch executed more people than anyone. Uh, we see a trail of death following Bush, not only in Texas on death but row, the problem but I all have, over the, the all over world. The problem I have with what you're saying is, you're saying to me, as a minister, I'm not bothered by representing an organization where the head of the organization uh, is an immoral man. That doesn't bother me. But the President of the United States goes over to Iraq and First of all, protect the American citizens. Secondly, free up people in Iraq who was in bondage, you know, by a tyrant uh, for so many years. You're saying I'm bothered by that, but I'm not no. bothered by representing no. an organization where the head is immoral. No, no I think I think that, you missed me. I think you missed what I said. I said that uh, I am about as bothered about what you mentioned as I am this country. I'm not really bothered about. It. I am an American. I will pay my taxes, I will support the president and everything else, even though I don't agree with uh, what he's doing over there. That's the point I was making. I, I'm not bothered by it. I'm going to support him. When he comes back to his hometown in Midland uh, and I, I'm available, I'll shake his hand. Uh, I'm not sitting in judgment, but those values that he is showing in the leadership of this country, I don't agree with. How important is it to you as a minister and uh, a branch president for the NAACP, how important is it to you that values, character should stand out before anything else? 
uh, is that important or are the political issue most important to you? Well, I think when you talk about values and uh, these types of things, those are very deep issues. Those are issues that people have to develop within themselves. I cannot, I cannot uh, take you and make your values something uh, that aren't there. But what we can do is create an atmosphere so that in your development, you'll have good values. Certainly, sure. there is any, I doubt if there is an organization in the world where there are people with uh, questionable values. Uh, but I think the organization may be a place where we can uh, magnify the good values and try and, and uh, eradicate those values or that value system that goes against mankind if we focus on what God has uh, put before us. Um, I have another question about this and then we'll move on. The end of it, uh, a couple weeks ago, President Bush was in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, uh, it was on the day of Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday celebration. President Bush visited the grave site of Dr. King's, uh, Dr. King. And at the same time, the NWCP in that area organized a demonstration against the president. And blacks was out there, some whites too, but blacks was out there yelling and calling him names. And so uh, help me to understand how can the NWCP protest the president while at the same time nominate uh, a R&B artist, R. Kelly, for an image award. And R. Kelly has been accused of having sex with girls underage, and we've seen it on the videotapes, and I'm still assuming he's guilty, I mean innocent, until he goes to court. But they're selling these videotapes on all the corners of the black communities. Right. So you see R. Kelly, a guy look like R. Kelly, having sex with underage girls. He get an image award nomination from the NAACP while protesting a good man like the president. Help me to understand that. that that's interesting, and uh, I had a problem with that. But as you know, that's been explained by the leadership of the NAACP that the image awards are separate from the actual activities of the president. There's a committee that is set up that does that. And as you well know, the president and the leadership of the NAACP has said this was improper. We have already apologized and said this was improper. And another method for nominating people uh, would be looked at to make sure that they adequately display the value systems of the NAACP and black people in general. Now, as far as the demonstration in Atlanta, you have to understand that uh, President Bush is the only president uh, that has totally ignored the NAACP. Their invitations to come to the convention. Uh, every president, uh, to my recollection, including Reagan, was a card-carrying member of the NAACP. But Bush has made it clear that uh, uh, his associate, he would have no association with the NAACP by turning down numerous invitations to come. And, and what have you. So there is not a very good relationship uh, with the uh, president and that organization. And you said the NAACP organized a demonstration. It was just people really in that community uh, who felt that uh, Dr. King's uh, birthday and his death was being politicized by Bush, who now wants to run for re-election. Uh, well, it was organized by the uh, chapter leaders, or one of the chapter leaders down at, um, down there in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Well, that's what I'm uh, talking about, because yeah. I, I know for a fact that the NAACP requires approval from its Baltimore office in order to 
organize those now. So if someone organized it, uh, they did it without the uh, approval, and that is not really considered a, uh, an NAACP activity. Are you telling me that the, the head of the NAACP doesn't have the authority to take back this nomination for R. Kelly? They can't say, this is wrong, don't do it, we're not going to let this happen? Well, I know they're responding to it. Uh, but they're still going to let it go on. They're not going to... Well, I, I, think it's, I think it's to a point now it's, it's gone too far. And as I said, they have addressed it. And what they plan to do later, I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I know that they have recognized that this was a blunder and should not have happened because he certainly does not represent the, uh, the image that the NAACP wants to portray, nor of African Americans. This is not a positive image. The NAACP, I mean, anybody with any common sense know that they don't like President Bush at all. Uh, there's, uh, if he met with them 100,000 times, they would never support him. Uh, it's clear that they love the Democratic Party. I mean, Bill Clinton was like their hero. Uh, why would President Bush waste his time with the NAACP when there are so many other blacks out there that would support and, and vote for him? The NAACP doesn't represent many blacks anymore, why waste your time with an organization that's not going to do you any good? Well, as president, you go to countries that are hostile. <laughs> I mean, you, you go wherever you need to go. I think he just went there one time, right, and they booed him. Just, let me finish. Just because uh, you and I don't uh, agree on everything, uh, we meet like this and discuss things. I think it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, he's the president of the entire country. Uh, there is a segment of the population that may not agree with him politically, but as president, he really owes it to those people too. They pay taxes just like everyone else. They, uh, they are called on, their children go to Iraq and give their lives like everyone else. Uh, certainly there are people who don't agree with the president who have lost people in the war. Uh, as president, as president, you're a president of all the people and you also set a precedent for others. Uh, if he doesn't want to associate with the NAACP, certainly there are others because yeah. of his action who would try to totally isolate him. But the NAACP, uh, when the president was running for, for his office, they ran an, uh, an ad of James Byrd who was killed by some skinheads in Texas. The NAACP chairman, Julian Bond, tried to associate the president with Nazi and all that kind of crap. I mean, just, I understand that people should come together and dialogue because we, you know. That's, but an, inter I can, that's an interesting point that I you brought up. I can clearly understand why the president wouldn't waste his time. I would Well, either. let me ask you this. Why would the president not come to Jasper, Texas, uh, like everyone else do, did, and pay his, pay his respects to that family and to that city that was just torn apart because of that horrific crime there? He deliberately... <clears throat> Excuse me. He deliberately stayed away from that whole situation. We had people, including a person that you don't like, Jesse Jackson, uh, Sharpton, uh, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. There were people from all over the country who came mainly to to say to that city, "Look, uh, we, we're going to start the healing process." Uh, that city really was not the blame for what happened to him. It well, was, the president was to blame it either. But but as president or as governor as he was at that time, that was part of his domain. And a good gesture would be to go in and uh, offer condolences, offer whatever assistance 
that's needed to bring about that healing process, he totally ignored it, not only ignored it, but declined any uh, association with it. I think he did and, the right thing. Okay. I mean, Sheila Jackson Lee and Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton are all racist, provident pimps. So they're going to go, whenever there's a, a white on black situation, they're going to show up because they want to keep this race thing going in order to gain, you know, maintain power and wealth. But I think well, that for the president well, to go, they did, they did, they didn't, they didn't, do, they didn't commit the crime down there. When you said keep this race thing because, going, you know these people were skinheads, and they actually drugged somebody. I've never known Sharpton to drag anybody, or Congresswoman Lee, or Jesse Jackson. Uh, so let's put the blame where it belongs. Uh, these people who were down there, who are now sitting on death row, uh, they because were the people. Of the president. They he were the people. the death penalty. No, a jury, a jury. I know, but the president support that. Though. If he was against the death uh, penalty in Texas, it would not be. But it's because of him that it's so strong. So if you murder somebody here in Texas, you better know you're going to pay the price for it. But that doesn't seem to be an appreciation for that from the black community and these so-called black leadership. Of the death penalty? Yeah. Well, I'm opposed to the death penalty. Why? I don't think anyone who does not have the ability to give life should have the ability to take it. Uh, we are one of the few Western civilized nations that still has the death penalty. Would you feel and that we, way if someone murdered your wife or your daughter? They came into your home and took their lives? Would I feel that there, there should not be a death penalty? Right. You know, it's hard to say, but because I would be under such pressure and duress, but while I am in, 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 with my wits at this time, <laughs> uh, I am saying that it's barbaric to me to take someone else's life. Uh, that doesn't uh, make their punishment any, any better. In fact, staying there the rest of their life in prison is punishment. Once you lose your life, you're free. Well, so some, some people have a two-year sentence for murder because someone comes and takes their life after two years. Mm -hmm. uh, they have not served a penalty because when you understand death, you know that's freedom from the toils and cares of this world. It's better to have them. I'd rather they stay there 50 years than two years. I would think, though, that, I mean, with me, I know that I support the death penalty when I'm, while I'm in sound mind or if someone should murder my daughter or my son or my wife or whatever, if I had a wife, but I would want them taken out, too, right away, as soon as possible. Don't waste a lot of time. Uh, I'm surprised that you can't make that decision now. Well, uh, I remember a man on the cross over 2,000 years ago while being crucified, while being murdered on the cross, said, Father, forgive them. Right. It took me a while in my ministry to come to that point because when I first got out of college, I was a uh, parole officer. I saw crime. I saw criminals. I saw it at its worst. Yeah. And uh, I was pretty much hard into the system. But, uh, and I'm going to call it a softening of my spirit came about as I matured and really looked at the life of Jesus in, in, in an effort to become more like him, uh, when I could see a man who had done so much for society and all, and all these people turned against him and murdered him for no reason whatsoever, if that man can look up into the heavens and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, but he also I would that. like to get to the point where I can do that also. He also said, if you kill by the sword, you're going to die by it. So if they murder, why not get it back? Okay. Well, I mean, that, that was a situation of life at that particular time. But
But that but certainly was, was not that certainly was not an example of Jesus. If Jesus had not supported that kind of stuff, why did he give so many people the authority to uh, protect themselves in war? So many righteous men won battles because of Jesus' influence in wars and things like that. Well, you say they had the influence. Jesus was the Prince of Peace. He did not espouse war. He did not espouse debt. He said, turn the other cheek. He said, love your enemies. I mean, that's very clear, concise doctrine from the Bible, and nobody can dispute that. Where is now, when we, when we try to extrapolate that and, and do our own justifications, we can make up things. Yeah, Jesus would have, would have been for this war. I, I don't believe that. So it, you think Jesus would want the people of Iraq dominated by a dictator murdered by the thousands, thrown in different graves and forgotten about. You think Jesus would support that? No, I'm not saying that. You have to understand that at the time of Jesus' life, Israel was being dominated by the Romans. I mean, they... But Jesus didn't support Jesus, it, though. Jesus did not say, let's go overthrow the Romans. But he... he did he? He did not support it, though. He, he showed... Wait a minute. Uh, did Jesus say, look, we are being dominated. We've been killed. We are under the bondage of the Roman government. Let's overthrow it. We are Jews. He gave the Jews gave, the insight to overcome and come out of bondage. That's exactly right. He, he gave. And so that's he what them. he's done with the president. He's given him an insight to bring the people from bondage in Iraq. Well, I, I disagree with you totally on that. Uh, number one, you mentioned something earlier in your program that uh, Iraq was a danger to this country. That has not been proven. Saddam Hussein, not, not the people of Iraq. Well, but the dictator. I, I, I question that, and, and some of the president's own men are questioning that now. They certainly have no weapons of mass destruction. Uh, they have have not shown a link uh, that Saddam Hussein was trying to get over here to do anything but it definitely by shown, plane, by boat, or any anything else. They have shown else. that Saddam Hussein uh, financed the terrorists, some of the terrorist people uh, who um, are against Israel and America. That's been proven. I mean, there's still a question about weapon of mass destruction because of, you know, the CIA raw information, bad information apparently. But all of the president, President Bush, I mean, President Clinton thought the same thing. See, you he know, I mean, that's, asked, so, that's so funny to me he how... He was asked, convinced about it. Yeah, that's so funny to me how uh, conservatives always bring up Clinton when they want to prove something like that. Clinton is a reference. While, you know, all the rest of the time you'll talk about Clinton as being this immoral evil man, but now you're going to use him as a reference uh, uh, when it, when it, when it uh, suits your purpose. And that's fine. I mean, it happens in politics all the time. But I, I still am not convinced that, uh, that uh, we should be there, that we should have ever been there. Amazing. I was a guest and, and I gave a rally at the courthouse against this war because the uh, case, the preemptive strike, the case had not been made. And as a Christian, as a Christian, I felt that all Christians should be totally offended by what has happened uh, with amazing. this war. That's Do crazy. you realize that because of President Bush's action that we are safer today in this country? No, in Have fact, I think, we're not, I think we're not safer. Really? Yes. We haven't had an attack since the president took action against the attack on the uh, World Trade Center. We've lost 500 young we, men and women, though. 500 compared to 500 compared to what we could have lost had not had not we had a strong man in office right now. 
God forbid that we would have had Al, Al Gore or Bill Clinton. I mean, America would be, would be wiped out because both of the men are weak and pathetic. Are you aware that people are shipping things on airplanes? In fact, one man shipped himself. Yeah, it's still let happening. Me, let me finish. But, but, but that's in this country. Now, what has happened over there uh, is one thing. But in this country, we're probably less safe because uh, we're going up and down with our airport security. We don't have a clear plan. We have some hostility because of the Patriot Act, which uh, some people, you know, like, but it's another form of racial profiling. Uh, it's taken away rights. So we have some hostilities here now that we've never had before. Well, you know, we are about as divided as this country has ever been. Uh, and, uh, and that's dangerous. Well, you know, it's not safe. The thing that I'm happy about is that most of the American people know that we're safer because of President Bush. They understand that we have a, uh, an election coming on this year, and the Democrats are desperate you know, to regain power and to regain it by any means necessary. If it means lying and, and just not being straight up and honest, the people see and understand. Yeah. Let's you know, talk about lying. I mean, what, is, what is going on? Let's but talk I want to ask lying. you a quick question first. Can I ask you a question? Uh, I'll, let me, I'll, I'll let you ask, okay, but let me thanks. ask you a quick you, you mentioned President uh, Bill Clinton. Help me to understand how is it that 90% of black Americans, this includes the NAACP, uh, the black preachers, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus, they love Bill Clinton, who cheated on his wife, uh, uh, lied to the American pe people, purged himself, uh, was uh, impeached, uh, just a, a liar and the worst of the worst. I mean, just, I don't know if you can get anywhere. How many, Black how many people, people died because me, of that? Let me ask you a question. Black people love him. But they hate a good person or a good man like President Bush, who sets a good example. Now, I don't agree with everything he's about because I, I disagree with him on the uh, immigration issue, illegal immigration issue. I don't think we should have amnesty. We need to close the back door and open the front door. Uh, so I don't agree with everything. But I respect him for, because of what he stands for. And we're out of time, but I'm going to let you answer that. And I know you have a question for me okay. when we come back, all right? Tell the people how to get in touch with you. Okay. Uh, my number is uh, area code 432-333-1161. And uh, I'll be glad to talk with anyone, uh, assist you in any way that we can. We have several uh, services okay. and outreaches. My guest is Pastor Gene Collins. Make sure you call him up. Hang on. He'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. I'm doing a part two series with my guest, Minister Gene Collins, and he's with the Highland and Bunch Church of Christ in Odessa, Texas. We're going to tell you how to visit the church or get in contact with the minister if you would like to. Um, again, thank you for staying over. Thank you. I want to go back to the question there. I know you have a, have a question for me. How is it that the NWC, by the way, uh, in case you're just tuning in, you wasn't with us last time he was here, um, the minister is the branch president of the NWCP and coordinator for the West Texas 
uh, of the NAACP. That's correct. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, how is it that the NAACP, black people, most black preachers, support a man like Bill Clinton, who's a liar, a cheater, he had, a, had sex with a little girl, a young girl, in the White House. Uh, he weakened this country like no one else before in history. He was impeached. He purged himself. He was a disgrace to America. Whereas President Bush, some things you may not agree with him on, but he's a good man. Why do the NAACP and most black people tend to choose evil over good? Okay, black people don't choose evil over good. The reason that they like Clinton was because Clinton responded in his administration to the needs of the black community. Uh, we were very uh, prosperous. The economy was good. Uh, we could be assured that the Justice Department was going to be fair. Uh, the bills that uh, he, he passed concerning the environment and other things were something that the African-American and America as a whole really needed. They loved Bill Clinton. He was reelected, remember? Uh, when, he, when you call him an evil man, uh, let, me, let me set the record straight. Uh, uh, we don't know the relationship of Bill Clinton to, to Jesus. We, we don't know. We can't judge that. I know we his know, relationship. No, no, you don't. Yes, I May I tell you why? Because all he has to do, no, all I, he has to do is confess his sins and, and be forgiven. But let me. No, but let me just say that I, I'm assuming he's not even confessed yet. You don't. You see, but that's what I'm talking about. You no can assume way, that. There's no way at all that you can be a man or woman of Christ, born again, and commit the type of acts that Bill Clinton did. You can't do that. Well, we ha we found Paul having struggles within himself but in the Bill Bible. Bill Clinton is no Paul, no comparison. P please let me finish. Okay, may I finish? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know how well you know Bill Clinton. Uh, Bill Clinton doesn't live in Odessa. He lives uh, in, in New York City, in Harlem. And we don't know what relationship well, he, he has. Well, he doesn't live in Harlem. He has an office there. Okay. Well, he lives in, he lives in New York he State. Right. But anyway, uh, getting off Clinton, I'm not going to call him evil. You did. I'm not going to call any man evil because everyone has the right to the blood of Christ. That's one of the, the greatest things about the gospel of salvation. Well, anyway, that doesn't mean he doesn't have but, the right because I recognize that he's evil now. Please, he does let, have the right to overcome. Please let me finish. He did lie uh, according to testimony about sex. It affected him and his family. We have a president that lied to this country about weapons of mass destruction, and it has caused death and destruction of a country we have lost over 500 young people based on the lie that the president and his people have told. And I think it's a worse crime to lie and have people killed than it is to lie about what he did with an intern in the White House. That's between he and his wife and God. And if they've gotten that straightened out, we should, uh, as Christians, we should let that go. But here's a man who is still sitting there, uh, his, all of his advisors are admitting now that there were no weapons. I remember vividly how he even had me convinced as I sat there that they had found weapons of mass destruction. Colin Powell went to the UN, said there are weapons there and we are in imminent danger. Come to find out we were not in danger. But as a result of whatever motivations he had, he got up in front of the American people, lied about these weapons, and as a result, not only have we lost over 500 young people, Americans, but also remember 
we have lost people in Iraq. Those are people. Those are God's created people also, women and children. And ask. nobody's saying anything about that. And I think that if, if we were going to get upset about something, we should get upset about the loss of life. Let me ask, you said that the president has caused death and destruction to a country uh, and, and people in a country. Which country has he caused death and destruction to? Iraq. He ordered the bombing of, of the nation of Iraq. Really? So when you talk to the people in Iraq, they, they love President Bush. He came and he helped them to be free. Well, not the people who he died. Caused them to they don't love free. him. They love him so much that some of the people are naming their children after him. So apparently they don't have a problem with him. Secondly, the president did not lie. The president went by the report that he received from the CIA, just as Bill Clinton did, uh, the president of Great Britain, um, I can't even think of uh, Blair, Blair, Tony Blair. Uh, they all went by with the same information. So the president presented you, to us, the American people, the information that he had which Bill Clinton had, uh, uh, George Bush before him had, the, uh, the president of Britain had. So are you saying Bill Clinton and all those guys are liars too? No, at one time, probably before uh, Desert Storm won, there may have been a buildup. But remember that we went That was one, not may have been. Remember we went in and, and had that uh, operation there, and we've had the UN uh, inspectors there who said they could not find anything. Now. Uh, we also have people who are in the CIA who said the I reports wanna... that uh, the president got, that Bush had, uh, did not jive with the speech that he made. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, what they actually saw and what he told the people, there was an error. So you're saying, and I want to move on, time is going by so okay. fast. You're saying, no, President Clinton did not lie, but President Bush did lie about the weapon of mass destruction. Now, Jesse Are you Lee, did that? you not hear? Did you hear me say that he did lie about what he did uh, with his no, wife? No, no, about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. You saying Bill Clinton did not lie about that? No, no. I don't think Bill Clinton responded to that. No, he did. He, he, well, he, he didn't. Was, he didn't send a. He didn't send he a military was, force. He went over and blew up some. Uh, uh, he blew up a uh, pharmacy or somewhere over in Africa. No, that that happened because that. of uh, of the fact that at one time. The uh, people in Iraq were not uh, cooperating with the UN inspectors. Let me ask you. Uh, they did have a, a mission over there, and after that, it opened up again, and they did inspect. Do you uh, personally, do you support abortion? No. You support abortion. How about uh, same sex marriages? No. Uh, homosexuality? No. Uh, are you pro or anti military? What do you mean? Are you pro or anti, for or against the military? I'm for the military. You're for the military. Mm -hmm. So you do believe there is a time of war? Yeah. To, when, it, when, our, when our safety and when our security is at risk, sure, that's, we should have military. How about uh, uh, prayer in public schools? And, and Most definitely. You support that? Most definitely. Are you a Democrat or a Republican? I'm a Democrat. You're a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Do you know that the Democrat platform is against everything that you believe in? I know that's Are not true because... What's not true? Let, let me explain something. What I helped that? write the platform in the state of Texas. You, I was the platform chair, and uh, those things are not true. What, what we offer our prayer. We offer our prayer in the school. Who? I don't know what state... Who is for? Who are for? The Democrat Texas platform De or you? Texas Democrats. No. 
I'm not talking about Texas Democrat, the platform of the Democratic Each Party. Each state has their own platform it's against, also. It's against all those things. Yeah. Are well, you aware of that? Uh, I have read the platform uh, as far as prayer and so school. So are you telling me that the Democratic platform support prayer and school? The Texas platform does, yes. What's the difference between the, I mean, the Texas platform, I don't know what that means, but I'm sure, I'm assuming that that's a small platform, but I mean the overall platform and the ideas of the Democratic Party well, is against uh, prayer and school. You all aware of that? No, that's not true. It is true. In fact, uh, it is true. Bill Clinton was for it. Uh, the Democrats are, do not agree with prayer and school. No, they want the, it those out. Issues, they call it church and state. Those issues were, those issues were determined in the Supreme Court. Uh, based on their interpretation of the separation. Let me ask but you no, this. No, that has not been a platform, nor have we done anything to remove as a party. So you're saying they don't support same sex marriage either? The Democrat? No, they don't support it. They <laughs> do support giving rights to you're not all. You're not being honest, Reverend. Well, let, let me, you're not letting me finish. Go ahead. In fact, I, if a homosexual came into my congregation, uh, should that person have the same rights to life and liberty as everyone else? We talked about marriage. Yeah. Well, as I said, the courts that has not been yeah. a that has not been a plank in the platform of the Democratic Party. Let me do this for it you. It has been some interpretation from the court, and the current court is a Republican court. Let me ask you this. Let's say let's assume I'm right. Let's say I'm right okay. about what the Democratic platform is about. Uh, would you still uh, vote for the Democrats, knowing what they stood for? Well, I have been in politics for years, and I know there is a platform, and then there are candidates. In Texas, George W. Bush would not even come. You're not answering my please, question. Yes, I am answering, no, if you'll I let me. I answer my question because please, of time. Please I, let me answer it. Would you vote for the Democrats, knowing if what I'm saying is true about what they stood for? Well, I don't vote for the platform. I vote for the individual person. George Bush ran from the Texas Republican platform because it was so I'm not out asking of you about Bush, though. I'm asking but about people did, voted for Bush. Did you vote for President Clinton at the time? Yes, I voted for Clinton. Did you both vote for him twice? Yes, I did. Well, in fact, I know, I know President Clinton personally. Clinton support uh, homosexuality. He support uh, partial birth abortion. Were you aware of that? There was a bill introduced that, he signed. that uh, had to be passed by a Republican no. Congress no, Bill that Clinton. Bush signed. No. That President Clinton signed. President Clinton, remember, had a Republican Congress. You know that the bill not, had to come through there. You know and you're pass. not being straight up with me today, right? Yes, I am. No, I ask you. That is not a. Well, let me ask you this way: If you knew that Bill Clinton would support that before you voted for him, would you have voted for him? A partial birth abortion. To be honest, uh, since I am not uh, pro-abortion, those issues I haven't really fully studied. It. Number one, you and that's I not can never. You and I can never have a baby. I, I cannot that's carry not a the baby. Question I asked. That decision. My that question: decision Would does not you vote for president? Would you have voted for President Bill Clinton had you known prior that he supported sure. partial birth abortion? Mm -hmm. You still would have voted for him. You would have. Um, how can you do that as a man of God and a minister of God? How can you do that? Well, y'all are voting Republicans. No, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm asking you. Are you going to you... let me answer any I am. question? I am. I Every time to... I get ready to answer something. I need something. some answers from you, though. You're going around my questions. 
Well, let me, how can, can I answer you it my way? How can, can I answer it my way? But I need an answer for you. How can you do that as a man of God? Okay. Number one, there are millions of issues that we have here. We have issues of equality, of health care, of uh, race relations. The issue of partial birth abortion probably will never enter into to my life. Okay? That's, not, that's an issue. If my daughter was considering that, that would be me and my daughter making a decision concerning that. But there are other issues that the president has to, to deal with. He cannot, on his own, uh, create a policy on that anyway. It takes the Congress, and then it takes interpretation from a Supreme Court. So I can uh, assume. The Court of the Land. So, so I, can... I, you know, when, when, when we talk about this, I don't even, my discussion of partial birth abortion is very limited because, to me, that is not a compelling issue when it comes to governing this country. So I, I, I hear you saying, uh, yes, I would still vote for the president because partial birth abortion is not personal to me. Are you saying that? Not really. I'm saying there are more compelling issues. What can be we're, more we're, we're compelling for... than the lives of the unborn? What is more compelling than that? Well, I mean, it's a compelling issue for those who are struggling with those problems. But, but not for you as a minister. What do you mean? I mean, as, as a minister of God, I would think that uh, abortion would be one of your top primary issues because as representative of God, you want to make sure that the unborn life is preserved. You well, everybody that, that I come in contact with are not uh, contemplating abortion. I, As a minister, I deal with the issues that, that, uh, that come up with me. If abortion was such a major issue, it would have been very strictly spelled out within the Bible. I have those issues that the Bible talks about, and those are the major issues that I am confronted with daily. Uh, with my congregation and with my community. Uh, I think, I think y'all have made uh, abortion a litmus test for whether you're a Christian or not, and, and uh, I think that's wrong. <laughs> Do you uh, realize that since the early 70s, over 13 million black babies have been murdered inside the black woman's womb, and that every day uh, over a thousand babies, something like 1,540 or 140, something like that, I'm sorry about the small number, but every day, black women are killing their babies on the ins uh, within their womb, and you're saying that that's not an issue to you? It's not an issue within my congregation. But why certainly, it certainly there is an issue that has to be addressed, uh, either medically or by, by the government itself. But I mean, what are y'all doing not, about it? We, but, but not spiritually. Well, Bush has been in office three no, I'm years. Talking about for you, not we have a not congressional. Bush. Let's don't go back to Bush. Okay. For you, that issue is not a spiritual issue that needs to be dealt with. Yes, it, it certainly needs to be dealt but with. But you don't deal with it? I can't deal with it. I am not the Supreme Court. No, uh, I'm not the I, president. I spiritually, uh, spiritually, not, not legally. Okay. Well, you know, I, as, as I was saying before, I have not been confronted with it. Okay. I have to handle the things that are in front of me now. What is salvation? Salvation is a gift that God, through Christ, gave to an undeserving population of men and women that brings men and women back into relationship with him, a relationship that was voided because of man's transgression uh, in the Garden of Eden. And uh, because of God's love, his, his love for mankind, 
he gave his son to bring us back into that relationship with him. Back from where? From our own, our own self-will. The self-will that uh, illustrated itself so vividly in the Garden of Eden when man disobeyed God. So, this is safe to say, back from sin? Mm -hmm. From sin. Uh, how would a person know, what is the evidence that a person will experience, or how will they know when they have been saved or born again, when they have received salvation from sin? That's a very good question, and it has to do with faith. A lot of people talk about faith, but don't really fully understand it. Faith is total surrender of your will to God's will. You'll know that you have salvation when you know that you're being led by, by God and that the things that uh, were holding you back uh, when you were doing your own thing have loosed you. Your desires change, your whole attitude change, your talk change, and, and your walk changes. And you begin to follow after this, this greater phenomenon, which is your faith in, in, in Christ. Um. And, and I guess examples of that would be if I, I used to use, at one time I used marijuana and stuff like that. And once I was born again, I no longer had a need for that. You know, it just kind of faded away. Is that an example of, of you, you, those desires changing? Well, that could be the beginning of the example, but it's more than just not having a desire for it. It's leaving one thing and making sure that your desire is to do uh, follow after the spiritual man. You know, man is, is spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. And the spiritual man uh, has to be fed and nourished, and when it takes over and you're controlled by that spirit man... How does, you're, you're how does one find salvation? Okay. How do you find salvation? How do you know you need it, and how do you find it? That's a good question. In fact, we're living in a time where uh, we are going to have to make the gospel of Christ more relevant to people. Right. Uh, some, the reason our churches are so empty now is we're finding uh, it hard to make a relevance. And we're also substituting things in the church that shouldn't be there. Right. Uh, we're drawing people to church because of the entertainment value and things like that. That to me is still another block to salvation, true salvation, because it's still dealing with the, the natural man. It's a spiritual thing. Uh, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means that we must rise to a higher level of awareness, a higher level of actualization to come in contact with, with God. And that's what it, it, it's going to take. How do people find it or how do they do that? First of all, the Bible gives <coughs> instructions that uh, you must hear it from a preacher. First of all, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Uh, you hear the word of God through a preacher and you let that word enter into into your heart, into your mind, and you develop a faith from that. You, you realize that what you were doing was no good. You want something else. You start craving for something else, and that something else is God. Your faith will lead you and guide you into uh, what you need to know after that. I've often said, and I'm sure you've heard me say it, I guess, uh, most black Americans today, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most black Americans are suffering not due to racism. It is not racism, but the lack of moral character. Uh, most black people are immoral, and most of them have not been called by God. I mean, you know, they're not born again. 
even though they go to church, they hoop and holler, everybody and their mama know the Bible, they can quote scriptures, and they live in the church house, but most of them are not called by, are not born again. Am I wrong? I don't know. I think only God can answer that question. I would say this, uh, we, need to, we need to be more focused on, on God and not on the preacher and not on the entertainment value of, of church. We need to, to focus and we need to do it in a spiritual way. And that, that spirit does not mean we fall out in the aisles. Some people say, oh, I have the spirit. I'm going to do all this. Spirit is a higher uh, intellectual level that you ascend to that connects you to, to God. It's sort of a calming, nearly in a trance, a meditative state. Right. Uh, uh, when we go to service, we should be in that meditative state so that that uh, spirit man within us can make that connection to what God has to say to us. If black Americans were born again, would we have 70% of black babies born out of wedlock? Would we have black women between the ages of 20 to 30, those who are having babies, 85% of them are out of wedlock? Would we have black on black crime? Would we have most of the inner cities are ran by black people, right? Uh, the mayor of black, the mayors are black, the city councils are black, the police chiefs are black, everybody and mama are black, and yet all these of these inner cities are, are just hell, you know, the worst yeah. of the worst. If these people were born again, would we have these kinds of situations in the inner cities? Well, I'm sure there are some born again Christians even in the inner city. I think we have a more compelling problem, and that is the miseducation of our people. When I talk about education, I'm talking about everything that becomes a part of of the uh, mindset of a person that makes him what he is. Our taking God out of the school is the biggest problem because that's where most of the education occurs in the school. If it cannot be tempered by, by God's word, then we're going to have a society that does not depend on God's word. And then church becomes irrelevant. Uh, there was a time when the, the church and the schools were merely extensions of each other. The church would teach uh, the ethical principles, right. and they were reinforced all that week within the schools. I think it's a crime in this country that uh, we have allowed that to happen, and uh, we have a generation uh, that does not have God and the Bible as their bedrock for everything else that they do. I think that's the, the greatest crime. You know, I, because of time, I, I haven't had a chance to ask. I noticed that a lot of these preachers, especially the black ones, allow their women, their wives, to become preachers. You know, I can flip through the TV thing there sometimes, and if I see the man, she's there too, and she sounds like a man preaching, you know, hooping and hollering, carrying on just as her husband. Why are these preachers so weak that they're letting these women take over like this? I think probably improper learning and also... Do you think women should be preachers? No, or? I don't. Okay, why is that happening? Well, I think it's improper learning. I mean, you can go back to even Genesis when uh, the curse was placed on Eve. I think that was something that God actually put there. I think also that God has given the authority not only in the home but in the church to yeah, men. That's right. Paul once wrote that he would not suffer a woman to usurp authority over a man. It's a man's responsibility. I think we have the Eve syndrome, though, where uh, women, if if men do not step up and do what they should do, end up taking over. But no, I am. I think that the role of women is really more important than men, but their role is not the speaking and what have you. There is, 
Someone said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Uh, a good, strong woman really fashions everything in our society. They determine, uh, they really determine fashion. They determine how far uh, women uh, should go in relationships. They determine all these things you know, by the thing strong that, woman. The thing that concerned me is that in the black community, the woman has been running the home, and now we have total chaos. Uh, she has taken over the schools, and we have chaos, you know, no peace. Well, and, and now she, you know, she's taken over the churches, and so I see hell and damnation coming there too because she's taken over because of that spiritual order being broken where it should be headed up by the man, the spiritual order, rather than by the woman, and if the black man don't step up, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, time is out again. Is out. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you a little bit. Uh, some women have done a fantastic job raising their, their children. I think the, the, the fault should be on the men for not it, stepping up to their leadership, their, fault. their right. leadership role in doing their part. Yeah. Some women have had to do their part and the men's part also. If you want to uh, reach Pastor Gene Collins, you can call him at 432-368-0867. Three six eight zero eight six seven for Pastor Gene Collins. Thank you for tuning in. Let us hear from you. I like your emails and phone calls about this show or any other show. I write about all this in my new book, Scam: How the Black Leadership Exploits Black Americans. And you can get a copy of my book at Prime Time Christian Bookstore right here in Odessa, Texas. We are in Odessa, right? Yes. Odessa Tess, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for taking the heat, too. You, you did a good job. Thank you. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I'm founder and president of a nonprofit organization, Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. You can reach us at 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-2663, or, or at our website, www.bondinfo.org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. We're 13 years old. We're not a uh, governmental organization. We're a private, nonprofit organization. And I believe in the perfect order of God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman, and woman over children. It is a spiritual battle that we're fighting, not blacks against whites or whites against blacks, but good versus evil, right versus wrong. I'm committed to rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.